Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Y'all know me. It's Chris McMonagle. What's up? Uh, 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 204. McMonagle here with you. So that's two hours down, and we got three more to go until 5 o'clock and the warm-up show. Again, that's my favorite rhyme. Go and show. It's a never fail. 877-337-6666. A lot of baseball, obviously. Uh, And to be fair, listen, I I haven't really – I don't think – I don't know if I'm killing the Mets necessarily. I do not think that Stearns is – I just think he's misguided, and I think the Mets are misguided right now and not doing enough on this year. But do I think they're in good hands with a capable GM who will build this team up? I do, but I just – I think there's a way to do both, and I think they're so focused on one they're not focused on the other. But having said that, it is nice to see Edwin Diaz back and I do think they 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 have made some additions in the bullpen. You could have one of the you know this Met bullpen could be in pretty good shape if Diaz comes back and is what he was two years ago. And let's be honest, Met fans, there there are that's going to be a fun moment. And I know it you know it, it it's only going to be so much fun because of how much it sucked to not have him last year. But that first game at City Field, where he comes in and Narcos hits, that's going to be a fun moment. That's going to be a fun moment to have him back. Uh, that's going to be that's going to bring elect. And I think, and honestly, I do think, even just missing him was so devastating to the team. But coming off the year he had in twenty two, and then to have it snuffed away at the beginning of the year like that was devastating to the team. And I do think that Narcos thing, when things catch hold like that, and it brings excitement to the to the to the building. And the fans are waiting for it. Like, I do think that builds some sort of confidence. Like, I'm, even more than, like, and not to compare him to Mariano Rivera, because he's not. No one is. But, like, there was something to the idea that the Yankees knew they had that at the back end of the bullpen. And, you know, the music, the whole thing. He comes out to enter Sandman. He comes in. He closes out the games. He's Mariano Rivera. You better beat us in seven or eight because you're not beating us in the ninth. Like, there's something to that. And I think the Mets, I think the Mets feed it on that on some level. And I think it was, it's more than just how well he did on the field. It's the excitement and confidence and certainty that's built into a great closer like that having one of those type years. And I think it it buoyed the Mets more than even just him being lights out. And I think to get that back is important. And if he can come back and be even close, because, again, relievers are – even last year, if he was healthy, I didn't expect the same year. And let's be fair, he's really only had that one. I mean, his Met tenure has been mostly eh. And we were still debating whether or not the trade was worth it for a long time. But if he reverts back to what he was two years ago, I think there's a very good chance the Mets have a solid bullpen this year. And bullpens are more important than ever. And especially with the rotation they have, the bullpen's going to be ex- exceedingly important. And it might be their best unit right now. I would say it probably is. I would say the most kind of, if, if Diaz can show you he's back and pitching to his normal self, 
I think you could argue that that is the best, the biggest strength of the team right now, which is very unmet like because their bullpen is certainly through the Sandy Alderson era. It was it was almost impossible to figure out. So to have that, all right, that's a building piece of something you feel good about this year. And if you incentivize Pete Alonso to tell you to stick it by not giving him a contract extension or not even attempting to give him a contact ex- extension, if he has a monster year and Jeff McNeil can revert back to batting title Jeff McNeil and Lindor has another good year, and Alvarez, who I fully expect, I know there's a lot of, I hear a lot of Met fans, the Met fans I talk to, uh, my, my Met fan buddies, you know, they talk about Alvarez as if he's still a major question mark. I don't think he is. I understand he, he didn't perform as well in the second half. He's a young catcher. Catchers get tired. Being a catcher at the major league level and focusing on the relationships with your staff and pitch calling and all that comes with being a catcher for the first time in Major League Baseball, let alone the toll it takes on your body, it is not surprising to me that he that they slow down offensively. I, I don't I don't I don't find that surprising one bit, nor do I put a ton of stock into it. Like, yeah, there's always the bit of the league figured him out a little bit, sure. But I think most of it is probably just fatigue. I would expect Alvarez to continue to be uh, a tremendous player. And continue to, you know, show you that he's a young... Bu- I mean, you have a catcher who could hit 35, 30 home runs. I mean, that is... It's it's unfor- it's unique. That's why for years I would go on and on about Gary Sanchez because he was the premier hitting power catcher. At a, he, was the pre- here, he was the premier power hitter at a position that really doesn't have power hitters. I mean, you have like... It's amazing. I know they, they stink... And they did the year he went off, but like you had back to back years of Salvador Perez hitting monster home runs. I mean, the advantage you get from having a catcher who can do that. I mean, you look at, you know, some of the, they usually do pretty well, power hitting catchers. I mean, Mike Piazza won, Jorge Posada won, Javi Lopez won. I mean, I know they didn't, he, Mike Piazza didn't win the big one. I'm just talking about overall winning. You know, he, was on good teams. Jorge Posada won. Javi Lopez. Um, you know, they, those guys all, you know, Pudge, although, you know, a little bit more of a, obviously the one of the great defender, defensive catchers of all time and had years where he popped up and hit a bunch of home runs, but good power hitting catchers. You know, they were in the playoffs every year. There was that, what, what was that team that always beat the Rangers in the playoffs every single year? That those Juan Gonzalez and Pudge Rodriguez, great hitting Texas Rangers teams, couldn't get over the hump and out of the ALDS. I forget. There was that one team that just, you know, you just couldn't beat in the postseason. I feel like it was the Yankees. Maybe he's maybe he's one of the Yankees. There's a Chris Farley quote. 877-337-6666. Yeah, my favorite Chris Farley Saturday Night Live skit, skit is by far the best, and one that I didn't even know of until I, I got the DVD of Best of Chris Farley. The Colombian Decaffeinated Coffee Crystals is the most hilarious sketch of, uh, sketch of all time. I, I, it's, it's just the best. If you're unaware of what it is, it's a spoof on like one of these companies that would play 
you know, games and surprise people like you know, Folgers, for example. They'd, you know, they'd give you a cup of coffee and go, "How, you know, isn't that really good?" Or I think Burger King had a line of commercials like this where they were having hamburgers. And I'm like, would it surprise you to know that this burger was only, you know, four ninety nine? It's from Burger King. No, because they they show up to this fancy restaurant, make everybody wear, you know. Oh, it's a black tie event. Everyone's in gowns, and and then they would serve this food, and they'd be like, "Oh man, like Domino's, right? Domino's did it pasta. Oh, this is delicious. Would would you be surprised to know it's Domino's penne alla vodka?" No. So it was like a spoof on one of those where they were surprising customers at a restaurant with what they thought was regular coffee, but it was actually the Colombian decaffeinated coffee crystals, and. So they would go around from table to table, and it was like, I forget who it was, but like Mike Myers gets told, you know you're not actually drinking regular coffee, but the coffee, and he'd be like, really? It's just as good. And then they go to Chris Farley, and it's like, do you know you're not drinking regular coffee, but the caffeinated coffee crystals? And he, he gets, he's like, what? You lied to me. And he goes absolutely nuts. And starts beating up everybody in the restaurant. He's throwing things. It's just like so stupid. But there's one part of this. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's the, the, the Colombian decaffeinated coffee crystals. And Chris Farley loses it when he's told that he's not drinking regular coffee. You told me this was regular coffee. And he's, but the best part for me is obviously then hilarity ensues. The whole place is running around. It's like there's a, a fire almost. Like that's the, the vibe that everyone's panicking because Chris Farley's going nuts. But there's one scene where Chris Farley takes a pie and he throws it at the chef that he's arguing with or the person he's arguing with, and it misses him, but it hits an old woman in the face. It's like a, an older couple. It's an old gentleman and, a, and an old woman standing there at their table, and Chris Farley throws the pie, and it hits the woman in the face. And then Chris Farley picks up another pie, and he throws it. And I think you just, at least I do, I naturally assume it's now it's going to hit the old man in the face, but it hits the old woman in a face for the second time. And I don't know what it is, but every time that second pie <laughs> hits that woman in the face, I cry laughing. It's by far my favorite part because <laughs> you just assume it's going to hit the old man. He's going to throw two. It's going to hit the old lady. Now it's going to hit the old man, but it hits the old lady twice. I can only imagine how you would have reacted because immediately after the second pie, he picks up a third pie and yeah. throws it. Oh, yeah. And this one does hit the old man. If he oh, hit the woman it? a third oh, okay. time. Yeah. I don't even remember that. I, I probably. If she took three of the, of the pies, yeah. and, and but the old man does get the one. I, I probably, I probably never seen that part because I'm crying laughing in the immediate aftermath of her getting the second cream pie. The celebratory cream pie. Oh man, that 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 one cracks me up. There's also another unknown, a hidden gem with is the Harley Boy, where I I don't know what that's a spoof on, but Adam Sandler plays a, a young kid who's looking for a home or looking for a handout. It's like a charity. It's like a Big Brother situation where you can you know take in a kid and help him out or something. And Chris Farley's like the. It's almost like an infomercial type thing, where they're selling. He'll come and help you take out the garbage and he'll help you do this. And in return, I don't know. It's hard. I don't know what spoof they're doing or what the angle is, but Chris Farley's like standing there with this young boy, Adam Sandler, who's like, so he's like, let me take in your mail. Someone's got to do it while you're away. Just let me take in your mail, please. I mean, I'm, you're not going to be there. Someone's got to take it in. Why not me? And then it's like, you know, whatever. Let me water your plants. 
while you're away, you know, they'll die. Someone needs to water your plants. And then Chris Farley would just interject with, good God, let the boy water your plants. You're not going to be there. Like, it's stupid stuff. But it's just Chris Farley was the best. He was the best. Those are the two that maybe you don't know. I don't, I've don't. i never seen them live on Saturday Night Live, but they were on, like, the best of Chris Farley DVD. I Is Japanese once. Game Show on that DVD? I don't think so, no. Was that him? familiar with that one? I feel like that was Mike Myers. Was that him? Was he on it? Mike Myers is the host. Right, right. Oh, yeah, so it's like a Jeopardy thing, and he's completely baffled and confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I have seen that one. Yeah, Mike Myers is doing an impression that you could never, never ever do do anymore. I know, yes. But Farley is the confused (laughs) American on the show. Yes, I have seen it, yes. And he ends up uh, getting electrocuted. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know, it was a different time. But I do remember that one. That's a good one. Someone said it to me I mean, when, when Chris Farley would do the interview segment, and the most famous one is the Paul McCartney, where he has Paul McCartney on. He just asked, like, you remember, uh, yeah, remember when you were with the Beatles? Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Like, that's all he would say. He would ask these ridiculous. Uh, that's just, exactly you, what you would say if you met Paul. Do you remember? That's exactly what You might compose <laughs> yourself if you had more time, but first question. Yeah. Do you, uh, you, uh, you know that song, uh, I Will? Uh, it's, oh, it's such a great song. But, yeah, so that that's a very famous one where he's just asking uh, Paul ridiculous questions. And then, obviously, Tommy Boy was the huge hit. But, yeah, Chris Farley would have been 60 years old. Dirty Work is another. If you've seen Dirty Work with uh, Norm MacDonald, it's a, great, it's a very funny movie. And Chris Farley has a cameo in it as uh, a man with half a nose. And it's just, it's so ridiculous. Um, he's good in that too. And then, yeah, Chris Farley as Shrek. They actually made a short movie or a short video. Uh, it's it's in here as one of his um, you know, credits. Chris Farley as Shrek. And it's a shame because it's really not that much. He didn't do that much. Anyway. I believe I heard in a Farley tribute that uh, the Odyssey podcast that David Spade and Dana Carvey do, they yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did a Chris Farley tribute a couple years ago. Yeah. I think they offered his brother the role after Chris passed away. Oh, really? And he turned it down. Yeah, yeah. Either that or they, tr- they tried him out to see if it could work. Yeah. That's interesting. No, but I mean, obviously, they they ended up doing the right thing with it. I mean, going to... Mike Myers turned Shrek into a big franchise, which he needs to do something. Like, talk about Mike Myers for a second. Like, there was word. I remember when he came out with Goldmember, I saw an interview with him. At least I thought I did or read an interview. And he talked about he wanted to keep it going like James Bond. He wanted to keep every couple of years he come out with a new uh, Austin Powers movie. He hasn't done anything. He's made, you know, cameos in, in legitimate films and other things and... You know, he, I'm sure he's kept busy. He had that terrible show on Netflix. I shouldn't say terrible. I didn't really give it a chance. But he had like a show on Netflix, the the Triumvirate or something like that. Uh, but he hasn't done a uh, uh, another Wayne's World or or even just a real legitimate comedy in forever since like what? The Guru. What's the last movie he's put out? Lazy. Yeah, I'm looking at his IMDb. It was the Love Guru. Yeah, that's the last thing. He's that's done. the last one he made. He was in Inglorious Bastards right. after that. He was uh, in Bohemian Rhapsody, but yeah, it's just mm-hmm. popping up in other things. Yeah, he hasn't done anything. 
He's like Billy Joel, barely putting out music. He puts out one song, everybody makes a big stink. He hasn't done anything in 30 years. That's the story, folks. Billy Joel hasn't put out a song in 30 years. What are you doing? You're touring the country. You're sitting at the garden every once a month, which is great. Thank you very much. We all love it. Don't get me wrong. But make a new album. What are you doing? It's what you do, Billy. You, you write songs. You're, you're a great songwriter. Put some stuff out there. Maybe you'll have another gem. This one's okay. That's what I, you know, that's why I respect my guy. Even if it's awful. He puts out albums once a year. Paul don't mess around. And despite the fact, I, I haven't liked his last two albums, but they've gone number one, amazingly enough. Crazy. His first two number one albums in like 30 years. But he, was, uh, he wasn't, Billy Joel, when the pandemic was going on, what was Billy doing? Paul was in the lab putting together an album, playing every single instrument on it, making McCartney 3. Now, again, not my favorite, but hey, I don't care. That's how it's done. Eight seven. That's what winners do. 877-337-6666. Another job opening that could be interesting for one of our favorite people around here. We'll get to that. And, of course, yet again, more UFO stories, more whistleblowers. Every day we find out something new about a UFO. Is it real? I don't know. But I'm, I'm fascinated, fascinated by this latest whistleblower. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Testaverde will take the snap, go to one knee. This game is over. The Jets lock up their first playoff appearance since 1991 on a 21-16 victory over the Miami Dolphins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, 226. McMonagle here with you, 877-6666. So I mentioned uh, another job opening that I think someone we all know and love here could, could, I think, step into. Now, I don't know if he's interested. There's been no link to it. But obviously, Rex Ryan got a lot of pub going to talk to Dallas about their defensive coordinator job. And they ended up going with uh, Zimmer. And it was like back and forth whether or not they were, but apparently he was like they loved Rex Ryan. So I would think right now that's been the buzz around the NFL would be my guess. But the issue is there's not really a lot of defensive coordinator jobs open at the moment except – now in San Francisco, Steve Wilkes has been fired after, and let's be honest, are you surprised? They they actually played well in the Super Bowl, but besides that, this defense has been underachieving. They are far more talented than what they were able to do, certainly in the playoffs, even at times during the regular season, but certainly in the playoffs against Green Bay and, and the Lions. They stepped up and played well in the Super Bowl, but... It, it it seemed like a lack of effort, too, at times. I mean, guys were getting dogged for, you know, showing little effort in the in the games, too. I mean, so I wasn't surprised that it just it didn't click there. I, I mean, imagine Rex Ryan goes to San Francisco 
along with Shanahan and brings that kind of and first of all, also, I know it just failed with Will uh, with Wilkes, but I mean, it's been a fast. The last two have gotten head coaching jobs, so if he has a desire to get back into the NFL head coaching ranks, you go to San Francisco, you take on that defense, you pair it with that offense, and you have success. You go there and build and and turn that defense up. Which, by the way, coming off the last couple of performances. It's not that hard to do. It's not like when he went to Buffalo, they were the number one defense in the league, and it was only one way to go, and he found it down. And the defense got worse with him as the head coach in Buffalo. Here, it's talented enough, and I'm certainly it's certainly not one of the dregs of the NFL necessarily, but it's still a good defense, but underachieving big time and in big games. And if you could step in and have that defense be a dominant force in a postseason that could lead to a Super Bowl or lead to a Super Bowl championship... I mean, Rex could put himself back in the fast lane of NFL head coaching. And I'm sure that's what he wants desperately. Otherwise, I don't I don't know if he wants to just go back and be a D coordinator his whole career now. I'm sure he would uh, – listen, I'm sure he misses coaching and would, would relish the idea of being a, a defense coordinator and, and would love it, but I would think it would always be with the, the, the idea of getting back as the top man, and I think that's the perfect way to do it. So I don't know if he's been linked <clears> – <throat> I don't know if people have talked about it. I don't know if it was just Dallas was the perfect situation for him to try and get involved in. I don't know how the 49ers feel about it, but I would think that, you know, that defense could use a swagger. Like, I think that was part, like, the one thing it missed. I mean, I know, like, you know, Greenlaw and some and Bosa and some different guys bring energy and some confidence, but I think it could use that little Rex Ryan swag. So that would definitely be a spot for me. I could see Rex Ryan stepping in, taking over the defensive coordinator job in San Francisco, and really, you know, giving himself an opportunity to to get back. Because again, I know Wilkes get fired, but the previous two are now head coaches in the NFL. It's felt like a little good spot with a good team and an offense that you know is going to score some points. And if you could figure out a way to build yourself a, a damn good defense and go win some games and take the bad taste out of everybody's mouth from this year and the way they played against Green Bay and Detroit, suddenly Rex Ryan comes up smelling like roses and not the feet. See what I did there? 877-337-6666. So, yeah, I, 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 when I saw that, that was the first name that came to mind, especially off the Dallas News I don't know if that's somewhere he would want to go or if they would even consider it, but if Rex is looking to get back in, that's as good a spot as any. It's, it's just it's good it's as good a spot as Dallas, that's for sure. And because a lot of the, the some of the defensive coordinators who are, you know, high profile taking jobs. 877-337-6666. Kevin in Queens, what's up, Kev? Hey, what's up, Chris? How are you? Good. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm very good. Thanks for asking. Uh, I got two big, two quick questions. Um, one, you were talking about uh, comedy and game shows earlier, and Saturday Night Night Live skits. Yeah, sure. Uh, there is one show that my son showed me that is. I know you got all these Japanese game shows, but this is a uh, that comedian Jimmy Carr, that English guy. I don't know if you ever seen it. It's called Distraction. It, you got it is whack. It is out there. No, so, I've never heard of it. Yeah, so basically, uh, I'll make it quick. The show starts. 
you hit the buzzer. If you think you're right, you get electrocuted. Then they blind you, and you got to hit the buzzer, and the buzzer happens to be in the middle of a bunch of cactuses. They shoot you with paint. It's just there's one where uh, a competition, they bring out old nudists, and you have to wheelbarrow them. It's just it's out there. So, uh, and the second question is, uh, my son showed me something on TikTok at the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't believe it, but at 150 uh, in the final drive, Kansas City was driving, and they got the, from 150 to 133 or 137. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The first, the the two back to back first downs. Yeah, that yeah. didn't happen. Yes, it did. Uh, As a mistake by TV. Um, <clears throat> it was uh, on, on. It looks like the play before. That initial first down that they don't show in that clip is a, is Kelsey. It's a it's a clip that's kind of gone viral. Kelsey runs for what appears to be a first down, and TV got fooled and called it first and ten, but they were wrong. It was second and one on the field. They did not give him the first down. It was second and one. So on that play where you see um, uh, Mahomes run for a couple yards and it's first down again. That play, yeah. that play was not first and ten. It was second and one, and he ran for a first down. TV made a mistake. They they jumped the gun because even if you watch the clip again, watch it with your son. When he runs out of bounds, you see the the down marker, and it says two on it. Oh, I didn't know it. I'm gonna have to watch it again and show him. Yeah, that. yeah. Thank you, yeah, Chris. Man. Thank you. Watch that show. It's hilarious. Yeah, uh, no problem. But yeah, TV. That's a it's a clip going around. TV messed up and jumped the gun and put that play at first and 10 when it was really second and one. Mahomes runs for a first down, and then it's first and 10 again. And, and there's like a video of the guy going, look, first and 10, first and 10. And then he runs for a couple of yards, should be second and eight. Oh, first and 10. It's all rigged. But TV made a mistake. But what what else is fooling people? So someone told me, because you're right, if you watch like when Kelsey's going down, you can see that the, the chain is in front of him. He's a yard short. It was second and one when Mahomes ran for three yards. Yeah. Someone told me that the... Uh, TV put the yellow line five yards instead of putting it at the 35 after the touchback. They put it at the 30 oh. as if the line of scrimmage was a 20. So when he catches an eight-yard pass and goes forward for a yard, it looks like he caught it beyond the yellow line, oh. but the yellow line was wrong. Right. Okay. So TV messed up two times. TV messed up and put in the yellow line in the wrong place and then calling it first. And, and that would explain why they messed up the second time because right. they thought it was the first down based on where the line was. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But like so, they tell us, that yellow line, not official. Right, not official. But, yeah, that video has been going around that it was first and 10 and then first and 10 again. But, yeah, no, that did happen. That's not a enhanced video or an edited video. TV did make that mistake. If you were watching the Super Bowl, you saw that same thing that's on the video. I didn't notice it that I, I, and I again I, I didn't even recognize it, but in live time, but yeah it was that play and I've watched that video a couple times because it's been on everywhere. When Mahomes rushes for those couple of yards, you could see the down stick say two. That's a second down play. It's not a first down. Play. Also, maybe like maybe you know Nance and Romo miss it. It's the end of the game. There's a lot yeah. going on. Do people really think everybody on the Niners would have missed that? Yeah, I know that's 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 true too. The Niners are just going to let it happen. But that's what people people are convinced. I, I mean, I, I know for a fact there are people who honestly believe this whole thing is rigged, which I don't get the Super Bowl. Like, if you want to tell me getting Taylor Swift to the game is rigged, I mean, I, does it matter that they have that moment with her and him on the field? Is it that big a deal? I mean, I guess if you're going to rig it, you might as well rig it all the way through and have them have the win. But I don't think it matters who wins the actual Super Bowl. 
But maybe they're actually not really good athletes, and so you need you know, to give them a script. Otherwise, the game would be terrible, although it was terrible in the first half. But, I, I mean, the games aren't rigged. Nobody's out to screw the Knicks. That's another thing. I love you, Loogie. I love you. No one's out to screw the Knicks. All right? I heard him the other day when they were having this argument about minutes and, and that foul with Brunson. It was a terrible call. Have we heard anything on that yet, by the way? Has the league made a ruling on that? Um... No, I, th- I thought they had 48 hours to respond. Yeah, so I guess we'll hear something later yeah, we today. we should hear something later today. Uh, while you take your drink, listen, the league had to rig it so that Jalen Brunson was close enough to make contact right. that the referee could call a nonsensical foul. Right. It's a good thing he gave him that. It's like a tag team. We have to wait for the other guy to come in and disrupt the pin. Otherwise, what do you do? But, yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, people are nuts. People are just nuts. And, and, the, and I don't even understand that. Who who wants to hold the Knicks down? People say that. Like, I honestly believe Lugie believes the NBA wants to hold the Knicks down. Why on earth would they not want the Knicks to be good? Like, I don't know. Even... We want the team in the biggest market to yeah. lose to the Houston well, Rockets. Because they don't, they don't have the stars. I know. We, we want the biggest market in the country to have an irrelevant basketball team for 20 years. <laughs> and once they get good, we just want to keep them down. Yeah, keep them down. Nobody getting, wants good television good. ratings in the postseason. No, nobody wants all those Knicks fans in New York watching. We want Milwaukee yeah. in, the, in those series well, and yeah, Cleveland. They have the big names. They have Giannis. They have superstars. I don't understand that logic at all. Never will. So I mentioned the UFO thing. How about this? There are multiple, apparently, multiple whistleblowers inside the government that say not only have they seen UFOs, but they claim that UFOs with lasers, they, they, whistleblowers are claiming there's a, there are videos of a UFO shooting down a nuclear weapon with a laser beam. Now, I don't know who's firing the laser beam, the, the nuclear weapon, but multiple U.S. military whistleblowers reveal how a dish-shaped UFO intercepted a nuclear missile and disabled it with laser beams in midair over California. Now, see, people care more about an NBA regular season game being rigged or the NFL than an alien spaceship with laser beams. <laughs> I mean, this, and by the way, this is not like, you know, this is a tweet. Barstool picked it up. It's a tweet from uh, UFO Network News and Education. So it's not, the AP doesn't have this story. So I just want to make sure I'm, I'm telling you the source. Uh, the Daily Mail actually tweeted it out, too. The Daily Mail has it in their paper. But multiple U.S. whistleblowers, so it's the Daily Mail, multiple U.S. whistleblowers reveal how a dish-shaped UFO intercepted nuclear missile and disabled it with laser beams in midair over California. You see, now that's a problem. I feel like, one, why are we, who's shooting nuclear weapons? Uh, Did they shoot it at the UFO? Or they just, you know, UFO came down and said, ooh, why are you guys firing nuclear weapons? Let me take care of this for you. Uh, galaxy brain take. Maybe it's the government trying to convince people that the NFL and NBA are rigged, so to distract them from whatever's going on with these UFOs. Right. Well, listen. You know the the in all seriousness, the conspiracy theorists, the your quarterback type people like him are going to tell you 
that stories like this are going to pop up the closer we get to election and that this is all to distract us so that we don't we don't remember you know how senile the president is or whatever. Well, listen I, I don't know why aaron Rodgers need even needed to mess around with ayahuasca guy gets yeah. high when he sniffs the fresh air i know that's true he's out there man he is out there has he done anything recently the the rogan podcast is that it has he done anything else has he done any uh did he go into a darkness retreat without yeah, telling us maybe that's probably the best thing he could do, to be honest with you. Just go sit down. Go sit one out for a while, champ. Why don't you just, you know, go Yeah, relax. you had to miss the whole season. Sit a few more plays out. Yeah, sit a, couple, sit a couple more plays out. Oh, my God, that guy. I want to defend him. You know I do, uh, Fleegs. You know I want to defend him. Listen, me too. I'll, st- I'll still defend Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. Yeah. I love Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. Yeah. I love Emphasis Aaron Rodgers. on the quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback. 877 877- Three three seven sixty six sixty six. The Rangers six in a row. Quick dig, quick back in net. Gave up a couple goals, but seven, including three from our guy Chris Kreider. And it does sound like Weber injured himself pretty good. He got stretched off. Don't know if he'll be back. They do need some depth. They need to make some moves. But at least the Rangers have come out of the the, the break here playing good hockey. Because for a while there, it was a bit touch and go. I was nervous about them in January and February. Really, after that great you know, start to the season, they had cooled off and were about a 500 team for a while. And now to, to win six in a row, you're feeling better about them. They still need to go out there and do something in the deadline and bolster this, you know, back the back lines a couple bit. Um, hopefully get another center. I don't know who's out there available, but Drew is going to have to do something and figure it out. But this team right now, six in a row, playing good hockey. On top of their division. And baseball is back. Those are the two big stories right now in my world. 877-337-6666. And it's A-Rod Day. Any A-Rod stories? I'm trying to think if I can come up with any more A-Rod stories. That's about it. I told about. The, I already told you the time he came in here. And somebody wanted to take the cup that he drank from home with them. Like it's the Holy Grail. I, I wanted, and I felt like someone was going to pop up and go, you... Have chosen poorly. No Indiana Jones fans here? Nope. Okay. All right. I mean, it's a phenomenal movie. Only the Pendleton Man will pass. Only the Pendleton Man will pass. 243. McMonagle here with you. I'm getting weird. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. And it back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Knicks makes the catch for the touchdown! He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary on the final play of the half. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. McMonagle here with you, 877-337-6666. A-Rod Day, that's right, A-Rod Day. And again, my favorite, a caller asked me yesterday, actually, what my favorite A-Rod moment, or and that's not true. I gave him an A-Rod moment, but he asked me what my, one of the best sporting, you know, what are, what are some of my favorite sporting events uh, that I've been to? 
And one of them has to do with Alex Rodriguez. I remember the day very – we were still in Astoria. I think we moved to – we moved to uh, – the Bronx, like we moved to the city here that week, practically. I think, right? It was like, yeah, I think we moved like within a. Because I was here when they won the championship in this building. But I feel like I was still on. Maybe it's a different game. I don't know. But anyway, Mike asked me uh, to go to the game with him or if I'd like to go to the game with him. He didn't say, please, Chris, come with us. But, you know, I wasn't working on the show yet, I was still just a guy in the newsroom. Uh, but Sal and Eddie Erickson were going. Obviously, Julio, who I need to, who I owe, probably owe a call to. I got to give Julio a call. It's been a while. But Julio, Mike's driver. Um, and we all went to the game. And it was that, set, I think it was game two of the ALDS against Minnesota. And I believe, Min- uh, you know, so it was a huge game. And. Alex Rodriguez comes up, and I remember I'm sitting there with just Sal at this point. I have to admit, I hate to break you know code here, but Mike left early. Mike was not there for the end of the game. And I'm standing there. It's just me and Licata. Uh, Eddie left. Mike left. And Alex Rodriguez hits that game-tying home run. And I remember Sal not being that happy. I wonder if Sal remembers that. I'll have to ask him. I wonder if Sal remembers standing there with me as Alex Rodriguez hit that game-tying two-run home run in the bottom of the ninth inning off of Joe Nathan. I'll have to remember. I'll have to ask Sal if he remembers that moment. I sure do. And then I think Sal had left, and I was by myself, when Teixeira hits the bullet line drive down the line for the walk-off. But that was a fun night, that home run from Alex Rodriguez. Because remember, at, at that moment, that's the home run that changed that postseason for him. Up until that moment, he's a postseason bum. He comes over to the Yankees in 2004. He's killer against Minnesota in the ALDS in 2004. Monster. Then in two, And then in the ALCS, first three games of the series, monster. Killing the ball. That game three, what did they score? 17 runs, Matt. Suey knocking the ball all over the place. A-Rod, huge monster. We thought, woof, team's unstoppable with Alex Rodriguez. And then it begins. And we all know what happened the rest of that 20, 2004 ALCS. Again, I'll tell, I'll take my blame for it. It's my responsibility for the loss. I'm so sorry to all you Yankee fans. I blew it. I was sitting in my house watching TV, watching the game on television, obviously. And I got cute. And I wanted to hear John Sterling's final call. Yankees win. You know, game over. American League Championship Series over. Yankees win. The Yankees. And I wanted to hear it. So I got up from my couch during the commercial break between the ninth and the bottom of the ninth inning. And I went and I got my boombox and I plugged it in next to me and I put on the radio because I wanted to hear John Sterling make that call. The call that never came. The call that never came. That's a document. That sounds like a documentary right now. I could easily be flipping through Netflix. What's the, the call that never came. What is that about? But yes, the call that never came. I plugged that bad boy in. I was waiting for it. Moe's coming in. They're about to sweep the Red Sox, how sweet it is. And it kind of all fell apart. And for Alex Rodriguez, it fell apart. And then he's, you know, he wins an MVP in 2005, the regular season, awful in the playoffs. 2006, forget about it. They're benching him. 
or put, putting him in eighth spot, you know, practically benching him, putting him eighth. 2007, he's the best player in the world by a mile. Wins another MVP. They can't beat Cleveland. 2008, they don't make the playoffs. And then 2009, he's a choker. He'll never win. What a disaster it's been. And then the home run against Joe Nathan. And then just the subsequent domination. Opposite field home run in the game in Minnesota. Off off of that old, I miss that old ballpark in Minnesota, but off of the bleachers there in right field, right center field. Then he just absolutely demolishes the Angels. Oh, every big, every big hit. Alex Rodriguez was in, unstoppable in that postseason. It was crazy. It was crazy. So when I think of Alex Rodriguez, that's obviously what I think about. Oh nine. I remember started the year out with hip surgery, came in late. His first game back, the Yankees are struggling without him, scuffling without him. Um, Mark Teixeira, obviously first year with the Yankees, gets off to that beginning Yankees doldrum that we've seen many guys get off to. Slow start. Alex Rodriguez comes back game one, his first game back against Baltimore in in um, in Baltimore, in Camden Yards, and the first pitch he sees, he hits a three-run home run, and away the Yankees went. Teixeira loosened up and got better. I mean, that whole year. And then, right, he hits the he hits the grand slam with a three-run. I think it's a grand slam. He hits a grand slam, his last at bat of the season in Tampa to have yet a, he needed a he needed a grand slam. He needed a home run and four RBIs to get 30 and 100, considering he missed the first month. And it was like a streak of 10, 12 straight years of 30 and 100. He hits a grand slam in his last at bat to secure the 30 and 100, and then he just dominates in the postseason and brings the Yankees a World Series title. That's that's Alex Rodriguez. That's who he is. He's not any he's not, you know. He's not the guy kissing the mirror. He's not the guy with his shirt off in Central Park. He's not the guy rolling baseballs with his phone number on it to fan lady lady fans in the stands. He's the man who carried the Yankees to a 2009 World Series championship and everybody else can go stick it. He'll always be my guy for that. You're my guy, Alex. Always will be. 877-337-6666. Mike and Merrick. What's up, Mike? How we doing Yo. today, Mike? Yo, Chris, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? How about those Rangers? How about those Rangers? Six in a row. Six in a row. Yeah, buddy. Cried it with a hat trick. The hat trick. I, I saw it. Oh, you did you watch it on television? Oh yes, I did. Oh, you lucky dog, you. What'd you and, What'd you do today? So, what was the whole? Uh, what'd you end up doing today before the game? Anything exciting? No, just watch the game. I was. I'm. I'm smiling, and we're gonna beat those Islanders. You're smiling, night. styling, and profiling, watching the Rangers win six in a row. Of course, let's go. And Chris, Chris, the Rangers gonna beat the New York Islanders Saturday. Oh, they are gonna beat the New York Islanders on Saturday. You betcha. And Chris, the final score is going to be. Oh, let me know. Rangers seven, and the Islanders one. Seven. Oh, I'm surprised you gave him a goal, Mike. Look at you. You're being generous in your old age. Yeah, seven one Rangers, baby. We're going to win ten in a row. Ten in a row. Yes. Wow. Let's not peak too early. You got to get it ready for playoff time. Oh yes, we are. Playoffs. Here we come. 
and we're coming to the parade in New York City. Let's hope so. And we're going to keep the coach. Oh, yeah, no, I think Laviolette is safe. I think we're going to... He's think... going to... What's he's that? Going to... He's going to stay, baby. He's going to stay. Oh, he's going to stay. Yeah, no, Laviolette. You know what's funny about La... what the coaching situation right now um, in the NHL? Uh, the idea that when I first... I, this is, I've told this story, too, I think. I first... I loved hockey as a kid when the Rangers, you know, 94, 95, I was into it. I was into it before that. A little bit, and then certainly 94, 95, 96. I don't know what it was, but when they, I, like, I lost it a little bit during the Wayne Gretzky era, and then really for a while. And what brought me back to loving hockey again, for whatever reason, was the HBO special Road to the New Year's Day game, Road to the Winter Classic, Rangers and Flyers. That TV show, and specifically my man, John Tortorella, just, I, I loved watching that team. I loved watching him. I loved watching that team. I loved watching behind-the-scenes stuff. I loved watching that style of hockey and block shots and the way they played and all the different guys. Like, I just loved it. Plus, they were having an unbelievable season. That's the year, I guess 2012, that I got back into hockey, like big, and back into the Rangers, big. And now to have those two coaches flip locker room, and currently, Laviolette, who was the coach of the Flyers during that special, and now have Tortorella be coaching the Flyers and having Laviolette coaching the Rangers, it's just weird. It's a weird dynamic because I remember it the other way. And to me, I don't know what it is. I'll always, like, John Tortorella is always the Ranger coach. That's just, I, he'll always be the Ranger coach to me. I, lo I love that guy. I love Torts. I love his post game stuff. I love everything about. It. I love how I, I love how Francesa broke the news on 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 Beningo and Roberts that he was getting fired, and he you know he screamed, "Put me on now!" Right on the radio. <laughs> now I got breaking news. All right, Mike. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Hi, guys. How are you? Okay. Uh, John Tortorella out the New York Rangers. Apparently they had a meeting. The, the plan wasn't to fire him. He's being fired. Out with the New York Rangers. Okay, bye. That was a fun day. A lot of Mike's stories recently. The A-Rod thing was funny. Did you, did I ever tell you the A-Rod story? I'm the aware. day he was here? You know, the day he came I in. I know, yeah, the day yeah. he came in, yeah. No, but what uh, someone asked for. Did you ever hear that one? No. All right, so. <laughs> real quick, I just told it on the air like an hour ago. But I'll tell you again. What's the difference? He comes in, obviously. We find out like an hour and a half before he comes in, maybe a little bit less than that. But And we're not supposed to, don't tell yes, because somehow if yes, it gets back to the Yankees, gets to Major League Baseball, somehow maybe they'll put a kibosh on it. I don't know. Huh. So it's like, don't tell anyone. Okay, so we don't tell anyone. He comes storming in. He sits down, does the interview, tells his truth to Mike Francesa. On A-Rod Day, that's what I'm going to call it, telling his truth. His truth? Okay. His, his personal truth. And he leaves, right? As soon as... I help him, you know, me and Mons, we walk him out. As soon as we turn the, the, into the newsroom here, everybody in the building, engineers, salespeople, everyone is standing in that newsroom watching it on the Yes Network. And then when he comes walking out, it's so awkward because people are like, nobody says anything. No one's going to ask him for an autograph. They know how mad he is and what's going on. But, like, everyone's there to watch him leave. So a salesperson comes into the studio after he leaves. And they say to me and Mons, they go, hey, uh, 
that cup over there? Is that is that A-Rod's cup? And like we had got him with water during the interview, a cup with like water from the water cooler. And we're like, yeah, yeah. That's where he sat. That's his cup. Uh, do you think I could have it? <laughs> like you, you, you want Alex's cup? Yeah. You think I could have it? Yeah. Okay. Was he working forensics? And he they, was looking for his DNA? I have no idea, but they walked in here, picked up that cup, and walked out. <laughs> and somewhere it's talk? on a mantle. I don't know. Maybe they thought it was valuable, like that was going to be some sort of moment in time that's like, you know, the cup Alex Rodriguez drank from during the Mike Francesa interview. What is it, the know. Holy Grail on your yeah. on your mantle? See, that you're see, gonna... I said the Holy Grail. I said I was hoping someone would pop up and go, you have chosen poorly. <laughs> but right. Imagine somebody coming over. Yo, why you got a plastic cup on yeah. the uh, mantle? Yeah. Oh, that that's the cup that Alex Rodriguez Alex drank. Alex Rodriguez drank from that cup. Don't you knock that cup. It's my prized possession. Alex Rodriguez drank from that cup. I mean... How do you you can't bronze a cup? So like, what do you do? You, you put know. it in like one. Uh, put it in a like, glass. It was like a. It's like a, a smaller box? cup. You put it in like a glass, like you'd put a baseball in or something. Yeah. Put it in like a little glass case. You imagine the little. And I'm just if you're listening, this is not like the big red solo cup. Like no, no, we no. have like these tiny little yeah. the white cups that you would get like right. near a water cooler. No, we don't if, have you, if you remember, it, good. If you remembered, it was like one of those like those older cups that if you unraveled the rim, it was almost wax papery. You know, like those, those. Oh, it was one of those. It wasn't those, the plastic one. No. It was the okay. It was like a paper with the, the paper that you could wax, taste it. You could taste it almost. You yeah, could like taste you, it. Yeah, you could disgusting. Taste, like you could pull the the like unravel the rim, and it, it didn't. Was like, have, it didn't come to a point. It was actually rounded off at the bottom. It wasn't the points that you come out from by the water cooler. No, yeah, no, no. no okay, no, no, so no, it was no, the actual no. small cup. No, it was that like was an actual small cup. Same one wax, but it was circular at the bottom. It was okay. like a paper off-white colored with a little brown on it. Mm-hmm. I, I remember mm-hmm. those cups, not necessarily just that particular cup, but we had them for years. We haven't had now. You took we a picture been... of that cup, didn't you? No, I wish I would have. No? No, but I wish, you know. Would you have put it on your mantle? No, although I do love Alex. No, I don't know why anybody would do that. If Cashman was here when he drank out of it, would you have kept that one? Cashman was here. I got to meet Brian Cashman. I don't remember taking his water bottle. No. You didn't, you didn't take his cup? Just a friendly handshake and saying thank you. Thank you for everything. Friendly? Was it firm? He was great, yeah. Firm handshake, sure. Mm-hmm. Good guy. Good man, that Brian Cashman. I'm okay. telling you, I can't I wait. I wasn't here that day. I cannot wait to rub that championship trophy in all your faces. I cannot wait. You know, don't put me Yeah, with no, it's, it's you too. You're coming here. You're, no, 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 you're no, no, an no. anti-Cashman no, see, guy. No, see, there's the anti, and then there's the... I don't even know what the hell you Yeah, mean. I don't know what the hell it is either, but you don't like him. That's you're, all I know. You're, you're too far the other way. I, uh, I, what no I such... am is is reality. I, I'm in the middle. That's what I do. Not, there is no reality. Oh, there's there, reality. There, there, no, the reality is he, he's he's done nothing but win for 30 years. That's the reality. Well, okay? That's the reality. That's actually false. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's reality. It's false. When has he ever lost Three. more than he won? Lo- Oh, Never. we want to. Oh, we want to do the five hundred record saying, again. Not, I'm just saying. For oh, that, thirty years, a, nothing but that's winning. the bar. Thirty years, that's, nothing. That, that's no, the bar. Not in one specific year, but over the course of thirty years. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the that's bar. bar. Uh huh. Five hundred. Thir- that's the bar. Thirty years of winning championships come and never under going under that bar. That yes. bar's come down no. quite a bit. I understand. Well, quite a bit. What, he's, he's always over it. He's that's always cool. over it. That's great. That's like a baseball always player over. worried about the Mendoza line. That, that's great. Saying, You're going to be a real okay, good hitter. Give me another GM who's always over it. Good. Find one. Give me that other GM who's hung around for 30 years, never lost. 
Not a lot of GMs hang around for 30 years. Yeah, I know. Because they lose. Wow. Because they lose. That's why. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, no, pretty much. Really? Mm -hmm. Or they just walk away? No, most of them lose. Mm -hmm. And then they walk away. Mm -hmm. How's Theo doing? Yeah, he, he. You see with the Cubs after the years after he left. What's the he position he left them in? Oh, yeah. he left. You know them why in the he left? You know why he Let, left? Because he knew what was coming. Let's not rewrite. Because it. someone can't handle failure. Let's not rewrite. Yeah, we it. know. Let's not rewrite it. They Come were, on now. They're in terrible position. Stop feeding them info. I see you over there. You got a case to make. Come on the mic and make it. Well, because that's the guy info? I was thinking of. Listen, you. What would he have done with the Yankees' resources and inherit? And I'm I'm a pro Cashman guy, so I don't yeah. want to do this. Yeah, but. If Theo Epstein twi- inherited a team that was already good and then had close to, if not unlimited, the top resources available to him yeah. for 30 years, whereas instead with the Cubs, as soon as they won, the owner was like, all right, give it to everybody, money gone. Yeah. No, I, and you, all, you you paint me in the I hate Cashman club. The, yeah, That's but, not true. Well, I'm just saying, like, but when you said what would what would he have done if he took over a team already good? Well, Brian Cashman won three straight World Series. Not good enough? No, look, I'm not, I'm not denying. I'm You're not going to ever hear me take away... The how how, much, World Series how much better would Theo have done than win three straight World Series? I'm well, more men in the sense that he might not. He might have also gone 30 years with not having a losing season, right? If he took had a winning team, Maybe. and had the resources to keep sustaining it. Well, we'll never know. We won't know. No. Again, I, just, I, I don't. Again, I, I like to think that I'm fair. I'm fair and honest. I see both sides. I see the good that Cashman has done. I see the bad. I don't know why, for some reason, you have to be all good and and it has to be all bad. No, he's not. Last the last two years have been pretty much exclusively bad. And even while being bad, he wins. Eighty-two and eighty is not winning. Please stop. (laughs) Please stop. It's a terrible. Please. It's the. It's. I'm, Please, the bar of having that be your worst season in a 30-year career is still impressive to me. That's all. It was a terrible season. It's his worst one in a 30-year career. You walked in, 82 talking World Series. Yeah, disappointing season. The year before, you said we were four games away from the World Series. Yeah. That turned into 82 and 80. And yeah. now I'm supposed to applaud you for not, this? Not impl- No, in the overall discussion, not applauding him that specifically. But my point is. Oh, when we get into the overall job of Brian Cashman, oh. the idea that 82 and 80, yes, off a of talking World Series, which they do every year, 82 and 80 is the worst it's gotten in 30 years. Let me let me that's let, signi- let, let that's, me ask you something. Uh, you think that's nothing? If you won 78 nothing. instead of 82, yeah. it would have been worse. That would have been that would have been something where you look back and you go, oh my, I can't believe they only won 78 games. Would have mattered. 78, 82. Andy it Martino says yes, so obviously. Yeah. Did it matter? Does it matter? Yes. Does it, it really on matter? On some level, yeah. Why? Because it's to be over 500, be a winning team is better than be a losing oh, team. Oh, jeez. No? And then you you get mad at me. Yeah. That's not Kool-Aid right there. That's not no, that's just reality of everything. Would I would I rather have the would Giants the reality- be, would I rather have the Giants, you know, win 9 or 10 games and not make the playoffs or opposed to I mean other than the draft helps them baseball is different, but like, you know, I'd rather have a good team. I'd be more impressed with a GM that always has a good team. How do you sleep at night? With two pillows on my side. I mean, it's embarrassing. (laughs) I'm embarrassed for you. You're being ridiculous. I'm being ridiculous. Yeah, you are. You're arguing with me 82 and 80 is a good season. I am not. Never said that once. I said it's, in fact, I think the words out of my mouth were worse and worst. Those that's those are the words I use. To so if it's it. the worst season, yes. it's good season. It's it's a good season to be the worst. That is the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. 
it's a good it's a good mark to be your worst mark. Tell, that's that's what I'm saying. If you were if you went to school, right? If your mm -hmm. son said to you, mm -hmm. "I've been now," you, you, and you're you're old, mm -hmm. he's graduated from law school, mm -hmm. and he's like, "I've been going to school since I was five years old, Dad, and I've done this my entire life of nothing." The worst I've gotten, the very worst grade I've gotten, has been a C. C. It's the worst I've done in 30 straight years. The worst I've done is a C. I've I've won awards. I've done everything in 30 year career. The worst I've ever gotten is a C. But like, okay, that's pretty good. C. You take things and they don't correlate at all. Here's where what? Chris wins, though, because if you asked a fan of the other 29 teams and maybe other sports, but definitely the 29 baseball teams, tell you right now, 30 years, no losing seasons, you don't know about the championships. Are you signing for it and taking your or taking your chance? And every person in the world is signing for the 30 winning seasons. And that's great when you look at it over 30 seasons. Right. Well, that's, that's you the can't conversation. do that when you look at what the job is right now. Yeah. I'm looking at what last year was. Agreed. Last year walked in, you had a million holes. You claimed that there weren't there, even though we all saw them. Mm -hmm. You walked into well, the season with them, and then you... Specifically left field, but yes. It was more than just left field. Yeah, Let's not rewrite it. Let's not just rewrite it. It I'm was more than just left field. And you walked in, and you vomited on yourself, and you finished 82 and 80. Mm -hmm. And then after the season's over, I'm supposed to applaud right. that you said you were four games away from a World Series. Here's my point. All the holes that I saw, right. yeah. everyone else saw... Came to fruition, and then because you went two games over 500, yeah. I'm now supposed to be okay with it because for 30 years you were good. Here's my point I vomited all over myself before, and it's felt a lot worse than 82 and 80. So that's what I'm saying. Like, that's vomiting all over yourself. Vomiting all over yourself is going home with the average looking girl. I'm drunk. I vomited all over myself. I went home with the average looking girl. You know what? That's a pretty good vomit all over yourself. That's my this? point. But what I'm saying is, is you're right. Listen, I was calling for his job this this year. I said I'd be fine if he got fired. It's time to move on. The last two years have been terrible. The 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 trade for uh, Donaldson was a hideous trade. It's hideous. And the last two years, I would say you could point to one or two moves over the course of his last fifteen that have been good. He's been on a horrendous streak mm. of the last two years. And if they wanted to move on from him this year, I would have been, thank you for your service. I understand getting rid of him. Let's hope the next guy's just as good. But over the course of 30 years, if you can't just honestly say, I'm impressed with the job this guy has done for 30 years, then I don't know what to tell you. Overall, it's a stupendous 30-year career. That's a totally different well, conversation. No, that's what I'm saying. No, that's a different conversation. No, it's not. It's it, the it conversation is. Because I've said it a million times. I would have got yeah. him the gold watch. I would even well, thought about even the idea of putting him in Monument Park. Yeah. Honestly, that's how much I think of Brian Cashman. But that's two different things. Now, going back to the original thing, and this is the last thing I want to yeah. know before we hit this Late, update that yeah. we never hit. Yeah, I know. I'm just curious. Mm -hmm. When you vomited on yourself, was yeah. it the wedge salad? <laughs> never. You keep that wedge salad down. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good what is point that though? Is it the ranch? No, it's usually is, is, is no. It's usually is it's, it blue cheese. What, what, what's, oh. what's the disgustingness that that's oh, yeah, on no, that? Yeah, it's blue cheese. It's, blue it's cheese. bacon. It's the wedge salad is half iceberg, half a wedge of iceberg lettuce, and then you have bacon, tomato, and blue cheese dressing. Those are the staples. Some people might add a little bit, but those are the staples of a good wedge. And no, most of the time I'm throwing up Penn Station pizza. That's usually what I throw up when I throw up all over me.